Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the Series one by one. There will be no spoilers for future episodes, except for when we talk about Miss Kitty Fantastico. Um, <laughs> and, but there we will be discussing details from previous episodes. Um, I'm Harrison, and I'm the meme of the math lady every time Willow alludes to her sexuality in this episode. And I'm Jason, and I would also like a hand slap from Giles. <laughs> Harrison! What episode are we watching this week? Oh, Jason, I'm so happy to say that we have moved on from where the wild things are. Um, Thank God. <laughs> and we are watching the uh, far, far superior, although, you know, low bar, um, <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer, season four, episode 19, New Moon Rising. This is the one oh, where Oz returns. Very exciting. This is the one where Willow comes out to Buffy. Oh. Very exciting. This is the one where there's some initiative and Riley drama. Less exciting. <laughs> um, and just uh, some of the sweetest Tara Willow moments uh, in this episode. So delightful. Uh, New Moon Rising was written by Full Moon Marty Noxon and directed by James an American werewolf in London, Contner, and originally aired on May 2nd in the year 2000. Jason, I'm so happy to announce what we're drinking this week. They're Manhattans. And there are maids in them. Maids in Manhattan's. Um, <laughs> chopped up Jennifer Lopez. Oh, no, now I'm sad. Um, Being drunk by Ray Fiennes, <laughs> but in full Voldemort attire. <laughs> uh, also Dakota Fanning, right? I don't no. remember. No, 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 no. That's Uptown Girls. Um, anyway. <laughs> What's really funny is um, I remember seeing like a picture on the internet of like, the Made in Manhattan poster, which, uh, for those of you who don't know, but I mean, how can you not, is, uh, it has, like, in the background, Ray Fiennes holding on to Jennifer Lopez, but this poster has Ray Fiennes in his full, like, Voldemort makeup <laughs> That's from Harry Potter. <laughs> Lovely. Um... Yeah, we're drinking Manhattans, uh, made by my lovely husband, John, um... He was grumpy about it when I requested him, uh, but it was pretend grumpy. Yeah, it was 50-50 pretend grumpy. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, a toast. Uh, this is going to be the weirdest toast ever, but because we started talking about, and I didn't have a toast prepared, and then we started talking about Jennifer Lopez, um, I'm going to toast to Benifer. Uh, J-Lo and Ben Affleck seem to be getting back together, which I did not care about until it happened. And then I was like, I care about this? See, I'm, <laughs> I'm more of a uh, Ben Affleck, Jennifer Garner that's, guy. I mean, that's fair. That is totally fair. Um, because Jennifer Garner, I think as a society, we don't appreciate Jennifer Garner enough. Um, so uh, here's, here's to... Your preferred benefer. <laughs> <laughs> also, to uh, coming out to your friends. Yes. We'll be talking about that a lot. 
All right, new moon rising. I um, see a new moon <laughs> rising. I um, know that Willow's kind of gay. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm 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 gonna just front load this with um, there are discussions to be had about Willow. Is Willow a lesbian? Is Willow bisexual? Um, we're not going to have those in this episode, but we will have them in later episodes. Because um, while the it's the you know Willow's sexuality and her and Tara's relationship is obviously like revolutionary and groundbreaking, um, the show does struggle in that area of, of like bisexu- bisexuality versus lesbianism. Um, in ways that are, it just won't be more apparent till, till later. Okay. Um, but yeah, we, uh, we open this episode with Willow and Tara just walking through the campus. Um, Tara's wearing this like purple tie dye shirt that I really should hate, but I really like it. I think it looks really good on her. Um, uh, and she has like another like kind of tie dye shirt later that I also think like Amber Benson can apparently pull off like tie dye. So, I mean, as I said before, Tara's a very free spirited person. Yeah. So tie dye kind of just you know that that falls into her aesthetic. Oh yeah, it's interesting that they they kind of dress her in like brighter colors, even though she herself like Tara herself is obviously very introverted and. Um, so I like that idea that maybe like she dresses in these brighter colors and as like a, an attempt to be more extroverted. Um, uh, or they were just like, here, Amber, wear this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she's and, like, okay. <laughs> um, at least it's not that fucking horrible thing she was wearing in um, uh, in one of the, it was one of the two Faith episodes. Yeah, the, the, the non-flattering. Oh, awful. Um, but Tara wants to get a cat um, a cat that she thinks she might name Miss Fit- Miss Kitty Fantastico. And, you know, I warned you at the beginning, Tara will get this cat, and this cat will be named Miss Kitty Fantastico. And Miss Kitty Fantastico is my favorite Buffyverse character. <laughs> because her name is Miss Kitty Fantastico. Yeah. What was, um... What was the name of the puppy that uh, Drusilla had? Sunshine. Uh, Sunshine. <laughs> because of Juliet Landau's perfect delivery of, I've named her Sunshine. <laughs> yeah, they, they know how to name pets in the Buffyverse. Yeah. Her owner died without a fight. <laughs> <laughs> Open wide. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hashtag never forget. Drusilla airplaning a puppy. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, but Tara is concerned though that maybe Willow doesn't like cats or perhaps she's allergic. And it's important to her. I can easily see uh, Willow being allergic to cats. <laughs> I could too. I actually really could see that. Um, also, I mean, she does have to look after Amy the rat too. So That's true. That's true. Um, and... You know, she often had to look after us. <laughs> so, um, but it's important to Tara that uh, her dorm room is Willow friendly. Oh, love it. Um, also, Willow points out that, um, are we allowed to have cats in our dorms? And Tara's like, eh, no. <laughs> but, which is uh, funny because uh, 
we, uh, John and I have a new roommate who has a dog and we're also technically not really supposed to have a dog and, uh, it's a, uh, Ask for forgiveness, not permission. And, and you know, like if 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 Harrison's landlord is listening to this, then there is no dog here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Schrodinger's illegal dog. Um, um, I'm pretty sure he's perched right outside the door. Um, he was for a minute. I don't know if he found other things to be uh, worried about. But uh, but yeah, it's it's super cute scene. Um, and and a good. Um, a good place to start this episode to get us um, uh, where Willow and Tara are in, uh, yeah, in their and, relationship. And, you know, watching this episode, it's funny how it doesn't seem like Oz is really in it. Like, he isn't, he doesn't seem to be part of the, his part seems fleeting, mm-hmm. but his arrival sends like shockwaves through a couple of the important stories in the season and causes them to take some big steps yeah so this episode is yeah it's yeah oz's return is the catalyst for all of this stuff but it really isn't about oz um although seth green does get some really lovely moments um and uh and i think they i think this is a better send-off for oz than wild at heart uh, so now we go to a Scooby meeting, which Willow has brought Tara to. And it, I think this is, like, her first, like, official, non-emergency like Scooby meeting that she's been to. Like, um, It certainly seems to be set up that way. Yeah, and especially with Willow, like, over-explaining to her, <laughs> which is um, very cute. Um, it... It could easily come across as patronizing, and it, and it is a little. But think, Willow walks it back when Tara set like says it. So, and I think it is in no way meant to be uh, detrimental to Tara. I think that um, like we know how long it took Willow to feel comfortable mm-hmm. about having Tara with everyone else. So I think that might be the nerves. I think it's nerves, and I think it's also uh, like fifty fifty nerves and enthusiasm, like. She's really excited that Tara's there. Yes. And, um, so, and we know how Willow gets when she's excited. Uh, she gets like Cordy last week. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh. No um, chill. The, no chill. It's funny because this is um, our, for listeners, a uh, little, little peek at how the sausage gets made. Um, this, this episode is being recorded a lot closer to our last episode than we usually do. Um... Uh, because I'm starting my new job next week, and we just wanted to kind of get ahead. He, and, and he wanted to drop the fact that he's starting his yeah, new job. Yeah, humble brag. <laughs> um, so it, it was kind of weird. I was just like, geez, last week? That wasn't last week. That was just a couple days ago. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so basically the mo- meeting is all about how nothing's really going on. <laughs> uh, Buffy's kill count is way down, but... Um, Giles suspects that Adam has something to do with it. Yes, uh, because the initiative, their like capture rates are like way, way, way up, um, and so everyone's like, "This is suspicious." Um, and you know, Giles pours a bowl of snacks for people, and no offers them. No one takes them, so he just like is he just has to sit down with like his own bowl of snacks. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, 
I know that if I had my own bowl of snacks of party, I'd be okay with it. But rude. Yeah, rude. 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 Um not not rude not Giles rude. Everyone else rude. Yeah. Um although it does look like he only offers Willow. Um, uh, unless I, think, I missed No, I think there like, is like a part where he just kinda of turns around and holds out the bowl and nobody moves <laughs> to take it. So it's like, alright. <laughs> That's a really nice um I love like little touches like that, not just in Buffy, but in anything where like it, people behave like real people and yeah. like do shit like that. Um there's a moment in, and I might have even said this on on this podcast before because I love it so much in um, Gilmore Girls. Um, it's a Friday night dinner, and um, shock of shocks, Lorelai and Emily are <laughs> in a heated debate. In, yeah, they're 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 not happy with one another. Um, and um, Richard is making drinks and he's actually making Manhattans, uh, ironically enough. And, um, he asks, uh, Lorelai how many cherries she wants <laughs> oh, yeah, in, yeah, I forgot about in her Manhattan. And she's like, not even listening. And just like Huffy just goes seven. <laughs> and, and when he hands her the drink, there are seven there are cherries, seven cherries in it. And like, it looks hilarious. It looks hilarious, but there's no commenting on it. Like no, <laughs> no, like there's never like, like the, the there's, I remember that. It's so funny. Because like, I remember saying like seven and like, oh, well surely they're not going to. And then like, he hands in the class and has seven so in there. So many cherries. It's such a delightful <laughs> visual gag. Um, and, uh, God, I've been meaning to do a Gilmore Girls rewatch. Um, um, We're but anyway. Skipping certain parts. Skipping certain parts. Um, so, yeah, I'll, when I get to a year in the life, it's like, an Emily scene? Cool, I'll watch that. A Rory scene? But, uh, <laughs> but yes, um, Ugh. they, uh, so the, the gang stands up and the gang stands up because the meeting's about to be adjourned. Yeah. And uh, everybody's like, oh, well, you know, something's, something strange has got to be happening. Uh, there's some evil afoot. And uh, Giles notices that uh, no, that nobody's looking at him. They're looking behind him. And he turns around. Yep. And there is Seth Green, a.k.a. Daniel Osborne. Uh, hello, Oz. We've missed you. Yeah. We've been a little mad at you, but it's okay. And, um, you know, it's... He... And maybe it's because we this season of Booze and Buffy has lasted so long because we're doing two shows. Mm-hmm. But uh, it really does feel like it's been forever yeah. since we last saw Oz. Um, and also, so much has changed mm-hmm. since we last saw Oz. It was very much kind of like thinking about when uh, Faith was back, how much had changed since then. And in, and in all honesty, it's like, not even a full season of TV. Yeah, no, so, absolutely. Yeah, we've got. I mean, since Oz has left, we've had a um, a new character, Tara, introduced. Anya um, becoming a much much more ingrained into the group, mm-hmm. and Spike I, I, being back. Spike being back, yeah, and um, I well. That's true, yeah. But uh, I was not counting the harsh light of day. Yeah, yeah, because he comes back in the harsh light of day, then goes to L.A., and then actually his next appearance is the the cold open for Wild at Heart when he's captured right. by the Initiative. Yeah, and then and not seen for the rest of the episode, and then it's the next episode where he James Marsters replaces Seth Green this. in the credits, and we have um, and we have uh, 
Dr. Wal- uh, Professor Walsh has been mm-hmm. killed and Adam has taken yeah. over. Hell, when he left, they didn't even know what the initiative was yeah. or even that it was... They only kind of had little inklings that that they were kind of... Right, because in Wild the... at Heart, um, they still are just calling them the commandos. Yeah. Because Buffy, like, you know, knocks one out and she's like, we need to get back to that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so much has fucking changed. Yes. Doyle died. <laughs> that is a thing that happened. Oh, R.I.P. Doyle. Um, so, and like, and, and that know, is, of course, a big theme of this episode. Is you, know, you can't Buffy, just come back. Buffy and uh, Oz are the only ones who met Doyle. Yeah. Well, Spike. Oh, Buffy, yes. Oz, and Spike. But, yeah. but yeah, of our heroic characters. Mm-hmm. The, of, of the ones who are not in it for the money. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag pay Buffy. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, Basically, Will is like, oh, when did you come back? He's like, right about now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's like a... It's There's awkward. a lot of awkwardness, um, especially from, uh, like, Buffy's actually kind of... Uh, Buffy's actually kind of confrontational. Oh, and I think she's sticking <laughs> up for her uh, BFF. Oh, absolutely. Um, and uh, Xander is very, like, trying to, like... It's funny that Xander's the one trying to kind of, like, get the awkwardness out of the room. He, uh, um, but, yeah, it's it's very uncomfortable. Yeah, um, not maybe not the best way. Definitely the most dramatic for television way to show up. Right. Maybe not the best way in the real world. Maybe a phone call? Hey, guess what? I'm in town. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, not... Not era appropriate, but perhaps a text. <laughs> but uh, but yes, uh, Oz very much uh, wants to talk to Willow later, yeah. and so he said that he'd come by her place, uh, the uh, the dorm room, and uh, <laughs> her swanky apartment. <laughs> and Tara, um, after Oz walks out, Tara gets a little uncomfortable. And by a little, I mean a lot uncomfortable. She beelines out of there. Yeah, she basically says, like, oh, I'm late for study group. And poor Willow. She is, she's torn. Because let's just say that maybe of all the people that have changed since Oz has left, Willow's kind of the biggest one. Yeah, it's very, and and she's so isolated, too. You know, she has, at at least right now, um, for a couple more scenes, she has no one to talk to about what she's feeling right now. Um, and that's such a hard place to be. Um, yeah. um, so we go to the cemetery. Buffy and Riley are fighting a demon. Uh, they do this cool move where Riley, like, uh, like hooks his arms under Buffy's arms and, like, lifts her and she kicks. And I, I was into that. I was like... Yeah, because Buffy's the tank. Yeah, right? <laughs> Uh, Buffy goes full aggro and uh, Riley's the support. <laughs> and um, they immobilize the demon. Uh, they Riley calls the other, uh, pro- I'm assuming he calls either Forrest or Graham um, because they're the only other ones that matter. Um, <laughs> and they barely matter. Um, no, we got like general douche nozzle uh, in this, uh, in this episode. Guy. Oh God, I hate him. <laughs> um, and... Uh, yeah, they, they're like, yeah, we'll come and get that demon, but we're all, like, super, like, there's a, there's a, there's a backup in the system. It's gonna be a minute. So, yeah, so they just, they actually kind of just, just walk away it. from, I... yeah, they walk away from this demon that is probably just unconscious. Right? But, I was very confused. But it's important because they have to talk about 
Oz. And uh, oh. and yes, Riley does remember um, Willow because mm-hmm. right around the time that Riley was interested in talking to Buffy, he decided to talk to Willow first, and he kind of like noticed that she was going through a little bit of heartbreak. Yeah. Um, and also, he was the one who informed her that, like, oh, they removed Oz's name from the class roster. Oh, that's right. And, uh, but yeah, so, and uh, that is when Buffy kind of casually drops that, hey, Oz is a werewolf. And Riley's like, whoa, what? <sighs> He's, <sighs> it's so, frustrating. Because yeah, so... I also, because I, I can, I can sympathize that that, yeah. That is shocking information to learn. It is. And he's uh, such an asshole about it. it. Yeah, in all fairness, though, with all of the stuff that's been going on in Sunnydale, especially with Riley being in the thick of it with being such a huge part of the initiative, I mean, is it the werewolf that throws him? I think it might just be like the fact that Willow is in a relationship with the werewolf, despite the fact that he seems to be, as Buffy says a bit bigoted towards demons, which, you know, this honestly seemed like a little, a little unnecessary step back for Riley because I feel that Riley didn't really have, didn't really have that viewpoint anymore. The rest of the initiative Mm -hmm. did, but it felt like Riley was kind of on the same page as Buffy. We've seen Buffy walk this path of thinking that, oh, demons are all bad. Wait a minute. Not all demons are bad. Hashtag not all demons. Um, yeah, I, I, I wish maybe the episode, if obviously they're going, obviously they're making decidedly unsubtle parallels between Willow and Oz's relationship, Willow and Tara's relationship, and Buffy and Angel's relationship. Yes. And, um, so that is, and and specifically Buffy and Angel is where this, you know, she doesn't say it till the end, but that's why she gets so defensive. And remember, listeners... Riley still doesn't know about yeah, Angel. Right. There have been a couple of times that uh, he's almost been mentioned, but mm. we are really getting... Like, he doesn't know really anything about Angel. Yeah. So I, I, I think this could have been more successful if if they had gone into, gone into this by actually um, really highlighting how difficult it is for Riley to completely shake off this initiative mentality. Mm-hmm. But even though he is making steps, you know, he still has this military training. And, I mean, that is the thing about the military is it is beating the individuality out it of is, you. It is very much programming. Yes. And and if the episode had... Because I, I do think it's it's supposed <laughs> to be... Yeah, he d- he takes a step back. And then at the end of it, he realizes that he was wrong and he 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 leaves the initiative for, for good. But I think a little more could have been done with like showing that internal struggle that he's having of how maybe he knows he's wrong, but how difficult it is to deprogram that. Um, those uh, how, you know, it's something it's been a whole discussion this whole past year about like anti-racist work and how how difficult it can be to unlearn these unconscious, subconscious, uh, bigoted views that sometimes you don't even realize that you're, you're espousing. Um, so it's a complicated thing that the episode doesn't have time for, isn't really focused on. 
Um, not that I needed to be more focused on Riley, but yeah. Um, so yeah, but she straight up says like you're a bigot. <laughs> so uh, yeah, just even though Buffy's not really front and center in this episode, uh, I'm gonna applaud her on on the journey that she has taken. I yeah, I am too. I'm gonna applaud Buffy for a lot of things in this episode. Uh, I'm gonna be a little critical of one thing, but um, it's gonna be followed by an applause. So yeah, um, they. Riley kind of figures it out, though. He's like, I don't think we're talking about Willow anymore. And Riley's, or Buffy's like, fuck off. Um, <laughs> and then they go and, like, sleep together, so. Um, they, they do that thing that they always yeah, do. that was kind of weird, though. I felt like, I, and I know it was because Oz and Willow need the dorm room to themselves. Um, but they're, like, Willow and Buffy, or Willow and Buffy, uh, Willow and, God damn it, <sighs> Riley, Riley and, and Buffy, Buffy don't live together. So, like, it's not like she's obligated to go back to his place. I'm I'm assuming that she knows that, I mean, she does know that Oz is coming by, so she's like, fuck it, fine, I'll sleep at Riley's tonight because they need their space. I'm so mad. But it does um, look like they do have sex, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, fine, I guess I'll get that D. Fucking, <laughs> fucking college kids. We... But, it's, uh, but yeah, speaking of. Oz and yes. Willow. He shows up at Olive's. What? <laughs> what the fuck is happening? <laughs> I tried to say Oz and Willow at the same time. And <laughs> Olive. I said Olive. Uh, Olive juice. <laughs> Olive juice too. <laughs> uh, he shows up at Willow's dorm and he's like, well, let's go for a walk. And it's revealed. He... I do like, I do like how this is done. This is mm-hmm. nice dialogue where, uh, Willow says, would you like to come in? And he, would you like to come inside? And he says, actually, I'd like you to come outside. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when he takes her out to the quad. And he says, look up. And uh, it's a full moon. It's a full moon. And um, it, it's... He is he's wow, remarkably it's still moment. human. Yeah. Like, it's a, and he's, he, met, he comments on, uh, like, I guess he stopped tracking it after I left. Which is funny because later it's uh, with when Willow tells Buffy, Buffy immediately is like, "But it was a full moon last night." So obviously Buffy with her Slayer her Slayer mind, uh, I mean that makes sense that yeah. she needs to know when it's a full moon because Waz Waz Oz <laughs> what jeez what did he put in this Manhattan? Oz is not the only werewolf out there. Um, Waz Waz the olive Waz. <laughs> my new ship um <laughs> they he explains that uh he he tra- he's traveled and specifically uh he went all over the place but in tibet specifically he learned um how to uh um kind of tamp down the werewolf he with the help of part of it's like meditation and like having a calm center which of course willow makes a joke she's like yeah famously you were so not calm um <laughs> but also it also is like charms and herbs and you know that's uh, when you notice that he's got like uh this kind of like a rosary, rosary like wrapped around his hand yeah um and um you know I, I don't think it's anyone watching a supernatural show will be shocked that there's a price <laughs> to this um but, but we don't know it yet but uh, yes, while um, while uh, Willow and Oz uh, continue their talk throughout the night, a uh, 
a batch of initiative guys are attacked by a demon that looks remarkably like the awful werewolves yeah. of Buffy. It's really strange because we are supposed to think it's a werewolf because it, they because they're using the same fucking costume but like spray paint painted or some shit. But later on the initi- like the initiative like the next day or like a couple days later it's not like, they're surprised when Oz, when Oz transforms meaning that whatever that demon was must have not been a werewolf. And also we never see that demon again. Yeah. So it's not revealed if it's like another werewolf. It's a really strange because this is probably like, it makes no, it, I feel like this is the one narrative hiccup in the episode mm-hmm. because it, it's clearly just meant to put the initiative Oz onto the initiative's radar. Exactly. Or at least a creature resembling a werewolf onto the, onto the initiative's radar. And it just, it, it feels weird. It doesn't make any sense because we know that the, the initiative are already on high alert. Yeah. So like, and uh, you know, a demon from their perspective i guess werewolves aren't demons um uh they on the campus which they are right below like it felt like they were like we need to have an explanation for why the initiative shows up when oz attacks tara and i'm like actually you really don't because like you've you've actually already given us the explanation that they're on high alert like yeah so yeah, I might have been like, okay, it was convenient that they were so quick, but I, it it's it doesn't work. But yeah, um, but uh, yeah, the group is attacked and one guy dies. Um, I don't R.I.P. remember guy. Yeah, I don't remember his name. I don't really care. Did he get uh, a name? I I think um they when uh, when Forrest is talking to Riley the next morning, he says like, oh, we oh, lost, you're right. We lost that guy. <laughs> we lost that but, guy, uh, Sergeant. That guy. But yeah, and. Uh, so, let me get the events right in my head here. Okay, so, uh, Willow, or excuse me, Riley and Buffy wake up, uh, and uh, Riley gets up and very, uh, very WB style, uh, yeah. make sure that nobody sees his dong. And, Rude. Uh, <laughs> and of course, Buffy is wearing his humongous <laughs> shirt. Does that actually, is that actually a thing? Like... Listen, I sleep naked. I, like, I do. Um, and I have for years. I, and even before, like, I started sleeping uh, in the nude, um, so everyone can just picture it. Um, <laughs> like, if I was, like, having sex with someone, I also, like, I don't, I'm not going to take the time to put on clothes after having sex if I'm going right to sleep. So I actually... Do you know people who aren't as comfortable sleeping in the nude? Okay. And, um, but I, like, they don't want to put on a lot of clothes. They just want to have something on. So, um, say you're a, uh, the girlfriend, the smaller girlfriend of a guy who is, like, much bigger than you, then, like, grabbing one of his shirts, it's kind of perfect because, you know, in case you have to, like, like go out of the house like go out of the room and like get something then hey okay. you, you've got like get like easy easy sleep outfit right there okay i'll allow it and also especially some people just you're... love the smell like some people just love the smell of their significant others clothes that's fair also i suppose if you also your boyfriend is a perhaps a uh commando and sometimes 
his boring friends just come into his room to say another one of our boring friends died last night you should just <laughs> which push- is what happens now but not before riley does push-ups he does push-ups and buffy's like Bubby is snarky because she's just like, oh, you're going to do your push-ups in the morning after you do everything the initiative tells you to do uh, because you've got that programming. And he's like, so take it, you're still mad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And uh, they, uh, yeah, that's when when Graham comes in. Is it both of them or is it just Graham? It is both of them. Okay. Because Graham doesn't really say too much. It's Forrest who says most of it. Yeah. I've Graham is so very pretty. <laughs> um, and so is Forrest. They're both very attractive attractive humans. But as I've said before, goddamn, at least Forrest has a personality. His personality <laughs> is asshole. But like, he's giving me something. <laughs> Graham's just like... <laughs> and it's funny because I've seen uh, Bailey Chase who plays Graham. I've seen him in other things, and and he's been very good in them. It's just this this character is nothing. But they do, uh, they do tell, um, they do tell Riley that uh, Sergeant what's his fuck? Yes, yeah, like that one of their true one of their patrols got attacked, and they lost that guy. So Riley kind of like immediately goes into uh into like hey ready to help out mode where and buffy's like oh well what attacked him and forrest very much just doesn't want to share any of this info with buffy yeah. and they're like it uh, doesn't matter it's a demon yeah that's what riley says that's yeah. what forrest yeah, says. Yeah. that's what riley says yikes and uh so this leads uh so now we go back to the dorm room mm-hmm. and uh and oz and willow have uh They've been up all night. They've been up talking. all night talking. 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 And, you and fucking perverts. We're up all night just talking. <laughs> we're up all night just... How many musical breaks am I going to go into in this we'll episode? We'll see. What, a, what an exciting journey. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it should be noted that the last night after Oz did the huge reveal that he doesn't turn on a full... That a full moon doesn't cause him to turn, he did say that he talked to Xander and that... Willow didn't have another guy. And Willow and literally goes, yes. That is I, true. That's <laughs> true. I don't have another guy. guy. But, uh, <laughs> and he also says that he's a different man now. And I, I'm trying to remember if he says exactly that he can be there for her now. Um, if he doesn't say it, it's definitely the implication. Yeah. And, and I don't, I wouldn't call um oz and willow's relationship abusive really at all Mm -hmm. but i i can't help but hear the i'm a new person i'm like i'm a different person i can be there for you now i can't help but hear that and think like uh women going back to relationships that Mm -hmm. they shouldn't yeah no you're right and And i mean technically given willow's character arc she shouldn't be going back to this relationship Mm -hmm. it's it's one of those things that's difficult when you're talking about a show that is using the supernatural and fantasy elements. Because, yes, there are obviously those parallels that you can make, but because yeah. it's like, yes, Oz was not abusive in any way. Um, perfectly a delightful guy. Who, but, yeah, also, he was very dangerous. But that yeah. wasn't his fault. So it's... It's... It's complicated when you're when you're trying to talk about real life things 
in the lens of the supernatural, yeah. which the sh- obviously is the show's bread and butter, mm-hmm. but that does make these conversations complicated sometimes. Um, so at this point, um, they're like, oh, we've been up all night. And uh, Will's like, do you want to go get breakfast? Like a big, awkward breakfast. And that's <laughs> when... A, a manly breakfast. A manly <laughs> breakfast. Yeah, and then the awkward waffles come later. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> If I had to describe this episode, I would describe it as awkward waffles. <laughs> I'm going to go for some waffles right yeah, now. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> um, but uh, um, so that's when Oz kind of tries to, you know, make a subtle... Oz level move and he's like actually uh, I was wondering if maybe we could sleep for a little bit this makes Willow uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and so she's like I'll take the awkward waffles do you think I mean I think either way Willow was uncomfortable with whatever level of intimacy that was implied here but do you think that this that Oz I mean they were up all night that Oz just wanted to sleep or that this was kind of his Oz way of like trying to initiate a, the way, a sexual encounter. The way that he touched her hands. Um, I wouldn't say that like, like I said, it's, it's Oz. So I don't think he would force anything onto her, but I definitely do think he wanted to get a little more intimate. And that's the way it, cause it very much camera very much does focus on yeah. him he touching for her. Yeah. Hands. Like touching her. Uh, but yeah, so she wants, she wants the awkward waffles she uh she gets the um she says like oh i need to go freshen up a bit first and of course since oz stayed all night in the dorm room you know what's going to happen next there's a knock on the door and then there's tara Uh, wearing her second tie-dye uh it's blue uh blue and black i really liked it yeah quite fetching um it just well you know it's awkward waffles um (laughs) they Oz recognizes her from from the Scooby meeting. Uh, he's like, he, you know, he hasn't he hasn't put the pieces together. Uh, Penny is still in the air. Yeah. Um, and he's like, do you want to come in? Do you want to so stay? Oh, a really a really cool. nice touch with this scene is um, Tara Stutter comes back. Yeah, we really haven't heard it. Yeah, that. because I think she feels so comfortable and secure around Willow. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of just goes to show that um, when she's out of her comfort zone, it come like that comes back. Mm-hmm. And what more of a way to shock you back to your comfort zone than seeing um, the girl that you like, her ex boyfriend is in her dorm room early in the morning. Mm-hmm. And Oz is so nice to her. I I I do like that this episode isn't Oz versus Tara. It's not, um, and there is yeah, obviously there's conflict but there's no personal animosity between these two people um and both are as we'll talk about later extremely accepting of whatever willow's choice is um which is nice i like that Mm -hmm. it's it's not a it's not a competition um which very mature um i like that but yeah, she, Tara's like, nah, I'm out. I like, I gotta go. Yeah. Um, which I don't blame her. I and um, yeah, she leaves, and uh, when when Willow comes back, he he tells her, and once again, this is this isolation that Willow is in, where like, obviously she recognizes how significant what just happened was, but like, there's no one she can really 
really talk to about Until that. Until mm-hmm. our girl walks in. Well, um... Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Do... No. We actually... We, we we do have the Spike Adam scene. The Spike Adam scene is next. We actually got... We we did the Buffy-Riley scene a little early. Uh, that that actually is what happens now. Gotcha. But, I mean, it's all fine. So, yeah. Will I don't have back... the Buffy wiki in front of me, so... <laughs> Willow comes back from her breakfast, um, or is back from her breakfast. Oz is not there. Buffy comes in, wearing a very fetching, like, blue sweater and leather pants. Looking good. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Willow's give me just... give me Buffy in leather pants like any, any day. day. <laughs> Willow so cute has this big stuffed dog that she's just like clinging to because she's going through some she shit right now. Going through it. Um, also, you know, I didn't really think about that, but at the beginning of the episode when Tara was like, "Do you like cats?" Willow actually says, "I'm, I'm more of a, a dog, dog person,", person. <laughs> um, and then she chooses cats at the end. Or pussy. Um, All right, then. (laughs) I'm gonna, you know, I don't love that. I'm gonna hope that was unintentional. Um, But yeah, so Willow, Buffy's just like, tell me what happened. And uh, Willow, yeah, Willow explains, like, he didn't turn into a wolf under the full moon. Um, Yeah, and Buffy is like, of course, she's like, well, this is perfect. Like, this is everything you wanted. Like, you and Oz are perfectly ready to get back together there are no complications. And um, and she's like, why do I feel like I'm more excited? And Willow's like, no, there's there's Woo and there's Who. And, um, but she's also conflicted and confused. And she tells Buffy that it's complicated because... It's complicated because of Tara. Tara. And Buffy's like, oh my God, Tara has a crush on Oz? Hilarious. Yeah, no, that is fantastic. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. And Willow says, no. And kind of gives her the look. Sl- yeah, and, yeah. Then and you see the wheels spinning in Buffy's head. And Buffy, yeah, yeah. She Then she gets it. She says, yeah. oh. oh. Like, and, I, I'm reminded of, um. did you ever go see the Rocky Horror Picture Show live? Uh, like... Uh, like a the shadow, shadow cast, cast of the, the movie. movie? No, I've not. Okay, I've seen the, the stage show okay. live. Well, there's like that. Um, <laughs> there's that scene in the movie where uh, you know they're eating dinner, and mm-hmm. um, and uh, that's when uh, Doctor Frankenfurter like implies that what they're eating is uh, Eddie. Yeah, and uh, having meatloaf. And it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, meatloaf's for dinner. And but it's so great because. Um, as each character drops their uh, drops their fork and knife, um, you hear the crowd say like, "Brad gets it, Janet gets it, Rocky doesn't get it, <laughs> Columbia gets it, Rocky still doesn't get it because he just keeps eating." And nice. all I can think of, I really want to say like, "Buffy gets it." <laughs> yeah, so Buffy, Buffy gets it. Buffy finally gets it, and she um. She acts a little weird, mm-hmm. um, which I will say, I know that like, I don't know what your take is going to be on this. Okay. But, I, um, oh, no, we're going to talk about my take because okay. I have things to say. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think um, I have to remind myself that uh, when I watch this, that it is the, uh, the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So 
we're not at like the level of acceptance of gay people that we are at now and uh so that could be kind of a kind of a weird thing and uh to buffy's credit she does say like oh well she's a great girl and uh and yeah like i'm i'm happy for you and uh yeah so that was um that's that was my take i'm like I, I'm, <laughs> I'm like okay buffy could have easily like you know just freaked out and like walked away but um she like realized oh hey this is like about my friend mm-hmm. so let's hear your take harrison um so this is my take buffy does pretty well here she doesn't do great um but she does well um she you know she starts pay we see her start pacing um and but it, it's clearly kind of a panicked you know she's saying nice things but definitely in kind of a panicked way um and she keeps saying willow's name over and over That's true, yeah. and saying will um which is not uncommon like she's called they, her will yeah, several times um willow and or buffy and xander both refer to willow as will occasionally it's it's it is an affectionate shorthand but she uses it consistently in a mm-hmm. way we've never seen her do before so this part, she's not doing great, but then Willow calls her out. And when Willow calls her out, Buffy apologizes, uh, yeah, admits it, and then sits down and she says, um, thank you for telling me, and is the supportive friend she needs to be. So this is what I want to talk about now. <sighs> about coming out. Oh boy. I've prepared materials. Well, I mean, we've kind of been <laughs> building up to this for a while. We have been, and... Um, so, yeah, I, I think Buffy does well here. I'm, I'm coming out on Buffy, on uh, that Buffy does ultimately the right thing, but it is a rough start for her. But she ultimately gives Willow the support that she needs, and, and that's I, what's important. And I kind of read it more as not, not Buffy being uncomfortable. With... She's surprised. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because, you know, at this point she feels like she knows Willow so well that this almost comes as a, uh, this she almost gets blindsided yes. by this. And that's exactly what's happening. Yeah, here. so and, it's, yeah, I'm it, not mad at Buffy at all. Yeah, and like, and also Willow hasn't really done anything to like to show to like a well, not Willow Prime. Vampire Willow <laughs> yeah, yeah. has definitely well, well, <laughs> Vampire Willow is horny for. Uh, um. uh, also, would you say that um. Like, uh, Vampire Willow was gay or bi? Well, I think all vampires are bi. Okay, fair enough. That's um, a good... That's a good... Uh, like... That is a very good rule of thumb. Um, um, but, uh, vampire... And, yeah, well, and once again, the question of is Willow bi or, or gay? Complicated, and we're not gonna go in there now. So, I went back to prepare... In, prepa- in preparation for this episode to find two posts I made a couple years ago... One in 2018 and one in 2019 on National Coming Out Day, uh, which is October 11th. Um, So this is what I wrote in 2018. I came out at 15, at 19, at 22, and a ton of times in between and since. Coming out is a lifelong journey. Every time I meet someone new, it's something that will eventually come up. Sometimes it's as simple and painless as mentioning my husband. Sometimes it's not. Um, Fun fact, this is not part of this, but just fun fact. When I do job interviews, um, 
I make a point to make sure that I mention somewhere in there that I have a husband. Um, you know, I, I do it, I try to do it casually, but, you know, I, that's something I, I'm not going to go into, uh, uh, you know, if, if they're not going to hire me because of that, you don't want to work there. I don't want to work there. So, and, but I also don't want to be just like, how, what's your feeling on gay people? Um, but that, I mean, it's those things about navigating, that's navigating this world. Anyway. Continuing on, coming out is an act of immense bravery. I've been lucky enough to have a wonderful support system over the course of the last 11 years. Remember, this is 2018, so, you know, do some math. Um, <laughs> I think there's been enough math in this episode. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> um, that made my journey be, to be my truest self relatively smooth. Not everyone is as fortunate as I've been. Coming out is rewarding, but it can be dangerous. For all of you able to live your life openly, be loud and proud. Never let them silence you. For those of you who don't have that luxury, know that you are not alone. You are loved and you are beautiful. One day it will be your turn. And then the following year, I reposted that. And I said, everything below, still true. But here's some tips if someone comes out to you. Um, obviously, Buffy never had someone to tell her this. So I'm going to give her a pass for mm -hmm. what she does that's not perfect. Um, because it was 2000. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, and this is also specifically, I, I, I made a point to say this is like really important for parents, but also just it, these apply to anyone. So one, don't say I know, or I've always known, or any variation. Being in the closet is an exercise of constant fear and anxiety. Hearing that you didn't have to feel that way just fucking sucks. Um, maybe you did always know, but keep that shit to yourself. Um, the I know, I've always known, Thing is so common amongst people and I've done it too this is I'm not just saying that like it's something straight people do it's something everyone does because they think it's supportive and kind and it is like I mean, the intention is but it doesn't feel good to be on the other side of that um two don't make it about you <laughs> um you'll have feelings that's okay um, but this isn't about you. Someone just came to you in a moment of trust and vulnerability, and it's scary. Keep that shit to yourself. Three, don't say things like, we'll get through this, or is this my fault? This is parents mostly. It makes it sound like a problem. There is nothing to get through. There is not fault. Fuck off with that noise. <laughs> um, of course, I wrote this in my very me way. Yes. Uh, lots of <laughs> profanity. Uh, don't treat it like it's a negative. It's not. Four, give your love, and this is what Buffy does here at the end. Give your love effusively, not despite, but because. Don't just tolerate, celebrate. Um, and listen, there's a, I could, there's so much else um, that I could go on about, but we don't want to be here all night. Um, but yeah, th I think those are some some things we could all know gay and straight because i know i've had people come out to me who i i don't believe i provided them the safest space to do so not on purpose but i i you know i definitely did i've done the like oh i've always i've always known that you were gay um so yeah so those are just my tip harrison's tips and tricks and um lastly i just wanted to highlight three um coming out stories that i think are really well done 
uh, specifically, and I'm focusing on the behavior of the person who uh, was come out to. So there are lots of very good coming out stories, but I really want to focus on these, uh, like for, from the perspective of how people handled that news. One, uh, we talked about actually a couple weeks ago, Star Trek Discovery. Um, when yeah. the character of Adira came out to, oh, Anthony Rapp, what's his character's name? Uh, Stamets. Stamets. Paul Stamets. Uh, Dr. Stamets, uh, Adira came out as non-binary to Dr. Stamets. And Stamets was, he did, ev- I mean, he did everything perfectly. He just said, thank you for telling me, uh, like, great, well, that's, you know. And we- I think, like, he was, he was telling Hugh maybe, or he was telling, he was talking to somebody about Adira, and then um, originally referring to Adira as a she, and then Mm -hmm. that's when Adira says, like, you know, I've never felt comfortable with that, and he's like, and so he immediately corrects himself. Yeah, he makes the correction, and he corrects himself with pride. Yes, it's a beautiful scene. I I will say, just through the lens of, of Star Trek, I'm like, I feel like in the world that they've created... It's a little unrealistic, but that doesn't really bother me because it's so important for the world that we actually live in that mm-hmm. that scene exists. Yeah. Um, the second is uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, when Rosa comes out as bisexual Rosa. to to the to the uh, to the squad. Um, it's great. They just treat her with love and support, and yeah. And then finally, uh, Patrick coming out to his parents on Schitt's Creek. Um, which is just just a lovely episode, um, and and the scene in particular when he comes out to his parents, his dad says something that literally made me start crying when he says, you know, David is not my part, just my business partner, you know, we're together, and his his mom is the one who talks for a while, and his dad doesn't say anything, and when he Patrick turns to his dad and is like, Dad, what do you think? And his dad just says, I think he's a really great guy. It's. Uh, can I can I throw something in there? Yeah. Uh, Love Simon. I've not seen Love Simon. Uh, so. Okay. Um. Uh. Hey, we've already mentioned her once this podcast. <laughs> Jennifer Garner plays his mom. Plays his mom. Is this a Jennifer Garner podcast now? Uh, God, if I want it to be. <laughs> uh. But no. Um. And uh, she now. I'm gonna say, being a straight man my entire life, I can't really relate to, the. It coming out experience mm-hmm. um but i i really felt something when uh uh this now unfortunately in the course of the movie he's actually simon is at the character of simon the main character is actually outed oh and thanks. um yeah and it's it's and he obviously feels like terrible about it. he doesn't want to talk to anybody and then um there's this one scene that he has with his mom and he tries to talk to her about it. his mom. I believe is a therapist, mm-hmm. but um, she does say um, she says the most wonderful things. And the line I remember the most is like, "You've been holding your breath all your life, but now you can finally breathe." Oh, I love that. Yeah, because that is, I mean, that is what it feels like. It that is what it fucking feels like. I, um, yeah, I, I wasn't gonna tell this story, but I am gonna tell this story now. Um, and then, then we're gonna gonna speed through the rest of the episodes. You, you know what? I'm, <laughs> I'm okay with I'm okay with the spinning time on this because this is it's like, important. Yeah, this is the important part of the episode. Yeah. Um, I, when I came out to my mom, I, I was out in high school, which uh, you know I went to from 2006 to 2010. 
I went to a private Catholic high school. Um, and I was, and I, I started to kind of figure out my sexuality when I was about 15. And I, uh, there was this guy who was, a, who was a, he was a, he was a senior and we like, he was in the theater program with me and I was, I, I just had this big crush on him and, but I didn't really realize that was what it was. I was just like, he's so cool. I want to hang out with him all the time. And I, uh, and I told, and one day I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, who went, uh, one of the girls who went to like Sacred Heart or Assumption. I don't remember exactly, but I was like, yeah, I was talking about this guy a lot and I was like, I mean, I just don't understand. Like, what, what, what is that? Like, why? And then she was like, you have a crush on him. And I was like, oh. So, so yeah, I started figuring that out when I was about 15. And, I mean, listen, as all the gays out there will know that I, I had been, all that stuff was there. It's not like it just showed up one day. But that's when I started, like, processing what it meant. And for my junior and senior year, I was, like, openly gay at my high school and didn't really have any issues um which is that's a privilege that is like i want to recognize that i had a lot of privilege to be able to to do that um and i was very lucky um but i came out to my mom when i was 18 i think 18 or 19 i it was thanksgiving and i had to work all right that's a (laughs) I always worked on, because I worked at Kroger at the time, and I always volunteered to work on Thanksgiving because the store was only open till five, um, and it's dead on Thanksgiving. You get a little bit of a rush in the morning of people like who forgot things, um, and then you get a little bit of a rush right before the store closes. But generally, you know, everyone, like, the day before Thanksgiving is the really busy day. Mm-hmm. So I always volunteered to work on Thanksgiving. It was a nine-to-five shift. Um, so I was getting ready, I, I, I was, um, the reason I decided to come out, I was 19, because the reason I decided to come out was because I just met John, and we were, like, in the process of, like, getting together. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I need to tell my mom. Um, so I was, like, ready for work. It was, like, 10 to 9, uh, because I lived really close to the store I worked at, so I could leave, like, and I called my mom into my room, and I was just like... Um, so I'm gay, uh, but I gotta go to work. Bye. (laughs) That's one way to do it, I guess. (laughs) Uh, but no, my mom was great. Uh, she, she did the, I know, but, um, both my parents actually did when I later came out to my dad, but I'm not gonna hold it against them. Um, but I, I've been very lucky to be able to have had safe spaces to come out. Because not everyone does. Um, And if anyone's listening who is in the closet and is afraid to come out, um, you are valid. You're a valid member of our community, no matter what anyone says. Um, You are on your journey. And, you know, that doesn't make you anything less. And um, when you're ready, it's your time. And... Yeah, and if you want to reach out to me, if you need help, I am happy to to to, to help out. And hey, you got you got two fans right here. Two fans, um, and and many more yeah. because, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, heavy stuff. Yeah. Um, and but, but yeah, and, this... and this is it's even more complicated than everything we just talked about. There's so many layers and 
Um, but, but let's move on for now. Um, we, uh, let's move on to Adam. <laughs> yeah. We, we, do, we do Stick have, a pin in this balloon. We do have Adam coming. We do have Adam coming. And, uh, he actually, um, visits Spike. Uh, Spike's not, Spike's not taken by surprise. Uh, but when he attempts to fight Adam. Yeah, it doesn't go well. <laughs> it doesn't go well. Because Adam is apparently just this this absolute stone of a man sure whatever <laughs> stone of a demon but um he starts to uh he says that he wants to help spike with his problem the chip in his head mm-hmm. um in exchange for helping him in exchange for spike helping adam with his problem so now we kind of like oh are we gonna get the reveal of adam's master plan no, no! <laughs> <laughs> we gotta cut um and uh is this when we have uh willow go to tara's apartment uh yes they uh yeah she goes to tara's dorm room and she tells them that they talk willow and oz talked and um they have a hug and this she i mean uh this this leads to a scene uh with oz and tara um they are oz is in the only hallway in Sunnydale, uh, you see Sunnydale, and um, ter- he's looking at like a uh, like a like a cork board, yeah, um, that's got stuff on it. Um, and Tara walks by, and before Willow or before he even sees her, Oz goes Willow, and he turns and sees Tara and goes, "Oh, I thought I sm- heard Willow." Yeah, so he kn- he knows Willow's smell. <laughs> yep. And, um, which we knew from, uh, Lover's Walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, uh, Oz and, Oz and Tara have this conversation. Oz is considering coming back to UC Sunnydale. Um, he, Willow, or Tara's like, that's great. You and Willow can get back together. This is all, she's like, she's like that forced smile. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so happy for you. And that's when Oz realizes that he can smell Willow. Like, all over Tara. All over Tara. And he he, he starts to get kind of, he get upset, get kind of agitated. Which is frightening because we don't see Oz get upset and agitated. We don't. It's very interesting because I think it's, um, I I mean, obviously it's the wolf, you know, Mm -hmm. it's taking over, um. And I love this idea that, like, yes, he's figured out a way to stop transforming during the full moon, but that just means that uh, now he might... It's a Hulk thing. Like, if he gets upset, yeah, like, it can happen yeah, anytime. As the initiative um, experiments on later, it is transformation triggered by stress. Yes. And unfortunately, Oz does, go into, does go into wolf mode yeah. and starts... But before he changes, yes. though, he does look right at Tara and says, run. Um, well, even before that, I think, I mean, yes, the run is great. But he says, are you involved? Is she in love with you? Yes, um, is the answer. <laughs> um, but I, I, uh, I'm, I'm so glad that we're out of the subtext. Like, yeah. like the subtext was fun. It was fun to be like, oh, gay. <laughs> but like let's talk about it they're gay um 
Also, my gay agenda is this whole episode. Yeah. Um, and um, It's a coming out episode. Come yeah, on. It's, and, but yeah, he's like, run. Uh, he transforms. <laughs> Tara runs into the only classroom in Sunnydale. Um, <laughs> Very much the Psych 101 classroom. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, he chases her. Um, there, there's a great moment where she throws a chair at him and it seems to knock him out even though it's just a plastic chair. But it turns out that he got hit by a trank dart. <laughs> yes. In initiative trank dart. Uh, yeah, Tara, uh, uh, Riley shows up with, uh, Graham Forrest and the rest of the, the, the initiative and Forrest basically, cause Tara's trying to be like, no, no, that's like a person, that's Oz. And... Forrest is basically just like, calm down, hysterical woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ooh, this is not a good shade on you, Forrest. <laughs> um, but uh, Tara goes to, to Willow and tells her what happens. And Willow's just like, I have to find Buffy. And Tara's like, yes, you do. So I, I love that there's not like... There, there's time for Willow and Tara to talk about what went down in that whole situation, but later. Uh, we get back to uh, Adam and uh, Spike. And Adam says that uh, he can't just kill all of humanity. That won't help him. Uh, there needs to be casualties on both sides. And he says that he needs the Slayer as the leader of humans. And, uh, and Spike says, like, oh, well, you know, when the Slayer gets in the fight, she kind of wins. And, uh, but he does say, like, oh, and if I help you with this, like, the chip's gone. And Adam says, scout's on her. And I, I do love that. This is legitimately funny. Yeah, yeah like, I do love that Spike looks at him and says, you were a boy scout. And, and Adam says, parts of me were. <laughs> this is, see, that, that right there. We need to. That's more, the best Adam scene in the whole right? goddamn season so far. We needed more of this sort of, like humor from adam yeah every villain up to this point has had some bit of humor um you know the master was a drama queen uh, you know with his oh blood and yeah. doom and then yeah, his like Mike drusilla even angelus so funny and the mayor the mayor obviously yeah. hilarious um and you know and i'll say season five's big bad super funny well you <laughs> You won't say a bad thing about season five's big bad. I won't. Um, <laughs> but but we'll get Adam to that. is Adam is largely humorless, and that's a big, like a bummer. A big bummer <laughs> um, for a show that relies a lot on humor. Um, um, I, but I do like that. Not only does he does do Scout's honor, but he holds up like the three fingers. Yes. Um, uh, that was nice. Um, Which so, stand for the three points of the Scout oath. Oh, I did not know that because yeah. I've never been a Boy Scout. Uh, you're talking to an Eagle Scout right now. That's true. <laughs> um, so wait a minute. They make Adam from you? Yes, Harrison, because I'm dead. Interesting. And parts of me have been reconstituted as a giant half-man, half-demon Frankenstein monstrosity. Interesting. You should discuss this off mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we get that little little hint at what's going on um at the initiative uh they they're they're they've got right oz in a cage he's still in his shitty werewolf thing you know i like the the trade-off of like 
he doesn't transform at night anymore, but that causes problems. But that also means we have to see his fucking awful werewolf costume in full fucking light. But yeah, um, and Riley, Riley's just like flat out ready to kill him. He, he pulls he a fucking pulls pistol. Pulls a gun, cocks it, and then aims it right at, right at the wolf, which then turns into Oz, which then Riley's like, oh shit, I'm the bad guy in this episode. I <laughs> <laughs> mean, yeah. I'm glad, I mean, I am glad that he got there. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, they, they've got us strapped to a fucking table, like, naked, and this, this one fucking asshole's like, I always knew that the werewolf transforming in the full moon was fucking bullshit. <laughs> and uh, they react to negative stimuli, and they fucking, like, taser him in the nipple! Yeah, and they, uh, they basically, like, force Riley away because... Riley's trying to say, like, hey, he's not a threat to anyone. Just let him go. And they're like, you shut up, Riley. Shut the fuck up, Riley. Oh, God, I hate being on Riley's side. Yeah. And so <laughs> and so we go back to uh, Giles's. Giles's apartment. Uh, Buffy's been trying to get a hold of Riley. Uh, can't get a hold of him. So she means, like, all right, we need to break into the initiative. Xander, it's you and me doing it again. <laughs> and uh, but this, then Willow's like, no, I need to get in there, too. Uh, Anya's like, they've probably already eviscerated him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do like that, um, yeah, because Buffy's like, no, you're not coming. Um, and at first I was like, why the fuck not Buffy? Let her come. But then Buffy was like, I need you to hack into, like, the power grid so to, like, knock the power out in the initiative. Um, and Willow's like, no, I'll just show how Giles how to do it. And I was like... Okay. Which is funny because <laughs> Anya then ends up helping do it, yeah. which is hilarious. Um, I was like, uh, sure, it's it. It makes emotional sense. stakes. We, emotional yeah, stakes. The, yes, you're right. The emotional stakes of having Willow there are far more important than the logic of who's the one hacking into the power grid. So I'll allow it. But they're trying to figure out how they're going to get in, and uh, that's when Spike shows up. And says, oh, I can show you all the back door. And uh, he makes it kind of come across as just, oh, I'm I'm doing this to just, like, fuck with the initiative. Mm-hmm. And the money. <laughs> well, but this time he says he's not doing it for money. No, he says it's both. Okay, okay. Because yeah. Giles is, like, short of cash spike. And he's like, yes. <laughs> and. He yes ands him. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that night... Um, Oz, who was not given any clothes, rude, thrown into a thrown into a prison cell. Um, the cell opens and it is Riley. Riley has decided, yeah, I'm gonna get you out of here, and gives him clothes. Good job, Riley. Fine. Um, good job, Riley. I'll allow it. Whatever. <laughs> uh, but of course, Riley's an idiot and, <laughs> and caught immediately. Caught immediately, <laughs> and uh, yeah, at this point, um, both Oz is put back into a cell and riley is put into a cell as well yeah um and basically this guy uh colonel mcnamara apparently i'm gonna call Mm. him colonel piece of shit um (laughs) is basically just like he's dressing down riley he's like you know he's gonna they're gonna have him court-martialed they're they're gonna investigate his relationship with buffy and the rest of her quote-unquote gang of freaks um I'm starting to suspect that the initiative might not be on the up and up. 
I mean, Maybe. I mean, it's true. Xander is a bit of a freak, but... <laughs> um, zing! There's another Xander zing! <laughs> so, uh, uh, Buffy, Xander, Spike, and Willow break in. Uh, they, uh, this is actually kind of cool. We've got uh, Anya and uh, Giles hacking into the power grid, as they discussed. Um, but it's actually Adam who's the one who, who, who does it. Yeah. Um, uh, but they think they did it. And, um, so I, I actually, I thought that was a pretty cool detail. And, um, we... It is a cool detail, but it's just honestly a little, too little too late. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I, I get that... Yeah. Whenever the, I say, whenever I'm giving this, like, their little grains of, like, praise for this, please do not interpret that yeah, no, as... No, like, like, I get that they're trying to... And I would say that they are success... Like, had they done this earlier, they'd successfully be making Adam a bit more intriguing, mm-hmm. if for nothing else than him being, like, a nefarious plotter or something yeah, like yeah. that. But we haven't had really anything except oh he's he's gathering demons yeah that's it for some purpose yeah um they they successfully knock the power out anya says slap my hand and giles goes what and she goes in celebration and he's like oh okay and he gives her a high five and she goes ow with the biggest smile on her face yeah it's like look at me i'm doing human things it um, it very much reminded me of that moment in uh one of my favorite moments in uh enchanted when she uh is talking uh giselle's talking to patrick dempsey and she's like i'm so i'm so angry and then she laughs and like does this giggle like oh <laughs> um, uh, what a fantastic movie fantastic movie fantastic that moment of just like she's so mad but she's also just like oh my god I'm, I'm feeling this new emotion for the first time and that's very exciting um a very similar vibe here um it's like the best way to show data with his emotion chip in yeah star trek generations is to show him reacting to a drink that he hates but wants more of <laughs> um or not quite the same but um when <laughs> Uh, in Voyager, when the Doctor was accidentally, like, uh, in um, Seven of Nine's body and, like, would not stop eating food, even food <laughs> he didn't really like. Yeah. Like, um, which, of course, leads to the beautiful uh, image of Seven of Nine stuffing her face full of cake. Um, One of my favorite chefs. So, so good. But, uh, where were we? Oh. Uh, they break... Um, Buffy and the gang uh, break... Uh, break Riley and Oz out. And... I like that this doesn't end in like this huge kind of firefight. Yeah. Um, because that that would have felt like a little too much. Too much because this episode is not uh, the the action is not the point of this episode. Yeah. The, this is an emotional. The and, stakes are emotional. Yeah. Um, and uh, and probably like the biggest thing to come out of this scene is Riley basically says, you know. Fuck all you guys in the mm-hmm. initiative. I'm out. Yeah. He has a good moment when um, when Buffy frees him. He's like, if I leave now, I can never come back. And then there's kind of a long pause. And he goes, okay, I just needed to say it out loud. Um, although I was kind of hoping that when he was like, I can never come back. I was really kind of hoping for Buffy to go, yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're, they're able to get out because they're holding uh, Colonel McNamara hostage. Mm-hmm. And uh, as they're like leaving the, uh, the secret elevator, um, 
Riley busts the secret elevator and uh, then punches McNamara right in the face. So, nice. yeah, I like that. It was satisfying. Yeah. It was, it was pretty satisfying. Um, so, of course, this results in, like, oh, the initiative is probably coming after all of them, though it's probably uh, mostly aimed at Riley. So now the Buffy gang... The Scooby gang has decided to like kind of split up. Yeah. And uh, Riley is taking refuge in the ruins of Sunnydale High. Love that. I love that little detail. Yeah. That's nice. And um, the big thing to come, the like the last kind of big thing for this is um, uh, Riley's kind of like saying, oh, you were right um, about how I was treating Oz and uh, just demons in general. And Buffy like kind of projects how she, she was feeling about Willow yeah. and what she's found out about her um, to uh, onto him like oh like you found out Willow's in an unconventional, unconventional relationship and Which you kind of wigged out a little bit it's 2000 so I'll allow the use of uh, unconventional in this context but you know <laughs> but, uh, but this is when she finally says she's finally like I need to tell you about my past which means that hey she's talking about Angel. Angel. Angel time sexy pants. Um, and, uh, but then I feel like the last two scenes should be summarized by you. Okay. I will take them. Um, so we get this scene with Oz and Willow uh, in, in the van, which I love. I love, uh, I love Oz's van. Just, it's a, it's a... It's got its own page on the Buffy Yes, Mickey. it does. Um, but they talk about how they've both changed so much. And, um... Oz is like, I'm going to leave. And Willow's like, when? And he goes, now. Um, which which is like the exact same line that he used when Willow asked him at the beginning of the episode, like, when did you get in? He's yeah, like, pretty much now. Pretty much now. Um, and it, we should be noted, we actually skipped over this part, that when Oz sees Willow in the initiative, he nearly wolfs out. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is able to contain it. Um, but he tells her, it's just like, it's he's like, it's just too painful. Um and I don't think I'll be able to control it, so I have to go. Um, and But there's no blame. That's what's so nice about this. There's no, you didn't choose me, and that upsets me. It's it's very much a, I, I love you very much, but being around you is very painful for me because I love you so much. Um, and but Willow has We've all the been same. There. Yeah, yes. And Willow basically has the same, she's like, it, it's the same for me. I'm not going to turn into a wolf, but yeah. And they tell each other that they love each other. Uh, Willow says, you know, we'll, I'll always have you. She has this great line where she's like, if I'm, when I'm like 70 and I have blue hair, I might turn a corner in Istanbul and see you there and I won't be surprised. And I love that. Like, um, and she cries. She's sad. It's, um, and he goes. And it's. I, I'm one of the things I'm one of the many things I'm grateful for in this particular episode is giving Oz's exit from the series a second chance because this one is far more positive uh, for everyone involved. It, yeah, it, it, there's closure here in a way that we by by design there couldn't be in Wild at Heart. Um, so I really like that. And then. Willow goes to Tara's dorm. Of course, everything is blacked out. She has a candle. And she gives Tara the candle. And, ooh, sorry, I'm a little emotional. Tara says, like, I understand. You have to be with the person you love. 
And Willow says, I am. Mm-hmm. And Tara's like, you mean? And Willow's like, yeah. And then Tara blows out the candle. And then the episode ends. Yep. Ugh. It's been such a great journey. Yes. And what's really great is to just see how their um how their relationship evolves from here. But it's it's really nice to see that like not only has Willow admitted to herself and to her and to at least like at least Buffy and um, Oz and Oz about uh about her being gay. Um but now she's like finally there's no like you said, there's no more subtext. It's, it's just, yeah, we're in it. And, um, and again, this is huge for, um, this Mm -hmm. is huge for like network television in the 2000s. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's just, I love it so much. And of course we've talked about it before, but Amber Benson smiles. It lights up the fucking room far brighter than that candle. And again, I, I love, I love that, um, the points when Tara's really nervous, she has the, she has the stutter. But then, like, as soon as Willow says that she loves Tara, then, like, the stutter goes away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's lovely. It's, I, you know, I, you know, like, on, on some things, like, in this episode, some of the initiative stuff, of course, some of the Adam stuff, okay, but, like, this stuff, no notes. Just, like, mm-hmm. so good. So, so, so good. Um... I, um, trying to see if there's any, I actually didn't, I usually look to see if there's like any like special behind the scenes stuff or anything, but I've just got too engaged in this one to like do that. But, um, uh, not really. Apparently there was a scene between Adam and one of the random vampires he has working for him that got Mm -hmm. cut. I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Final thoughts, Jason? Um, I really like this episode. And I don't know why, but for some reason, um, I remember when I first watched it, um, thinking, like, it, it was one of those episodes that just didn't stick with me. I just, like, always thought, I was like, oh, this is, like, uh, this is, like, when Oz, like, comes back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I think... I think like um, just my knowledge of the queer community and uh, the relationships that I've built in the queer community really made this episode hit home a lot mm-hmm. harder for me than before. Um, Cause I have had um, a couple of people come out to me and um, it's a very, honestly, like it's very honorable. Mm-hmm. Um, like I feel so honored that somebody would trust me enough to do that. And um and it's a beautiful thing. And I love seeing it here and thinking about, oh, like back in the 2000s, back when, unfortunately, uh, little shits like me in, uh, in fourth grade were making like, you know, or actually it's probably third grade, or like using gay as a pejorative term. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry for that. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, the, um, this, this episode was, uh, was fantastic. I'm actually going to give it a 4.5 wow. out of um, 4.5 out of 5 uh, <laughs> darts in the ass. <laughs> Ninja darts in the ass. <laughs> nice. uh, but no, like I, this episode is so close to just being flawless 
Um, I think that obviously like Will and Tara stuff, fantastic. Will and Oz stuff, fantastic. Um, like I said, I think that this is the most um, interesting Adam has been in his like short yet somehow long time on the show. <laughs> right. And uh, also while the initiative stuff, it, it's it's nice to see that we're finally getting somewhere with the initiative in the form of Riley's story. It's yeah. like, because th- this is like an important moment because he's always been tied to the initiative. Mm-hmm. So this, this feels like a big step that'll obviously have more, re- bigger repercussions uh, in the coming episodes. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I only take off like a half of it because it had that weird narrative hiccup of just the random, like random demon that kind of looks like a werewolf. Yeah. Uh, and it, it just seems so weird and out of place. Uh, but no, like, fantastic episode. Yeah. I, I, I'm right there with you. I, I definitely didn't appreciate this episode when I first watched the series. But as I've gotten older, as I've matured, um, and as, as, as my own journey into my own queer life has, has I, uh, I've explored that and matured there as well, I really, I've caught, I've, I just understood how significant this episode really was because yes, when I first watched it, it was the, the one where Oz comes back, but I don't even really, when I think about this episode now as, uh, as a, as an older adult, it's, uh, it's the one where Willow comes out. Um, and, um, that's not to diminish the, the presence that Oz has. Um, like I said, like I said, like near the top of the episode, like Oz it's more Oz's presence that sets other storylines yes. into like heavy motion as opposed to um, Oz himself like mm-hmm. being front and center for the story. Oz is here for this episode. The per- uh, he's yeah, he's here to be a catalyst. Um, but his uh, it, for him, the emotional arc for Oz as a character is for the closure. Yeah, the, I mean this this is. This is to put a cap on Willow and Oz's story mm-hmm. and to really start Willow and Tara's. Yep. Um, and that's lovely. Um, and I and I love that it's it's complicated and there's conflict, but it's not it's 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 not nasty, you know, it's yeah. not um, it's literally both everyone is saying to Willow that she needs to make the choice that's best for her that makes her happy. Um, and I think that's really incredible. So yeah, uh, also for me, um, um, going to be 4.5, uh, random dead initiative shoulder soldiers out of five. Um, yeah, just a, just a really strong one. Um, and, uh, I'm, ex- I'm excited to also see Spike, um, uh, Spike, even though I don't love Adam, of course. Um, I like the idea of Spike working with Adam because I just think the, um, adding Spike to Adam's storyline will just immediately help make Adam's storyline more interesting just by virtue of there being Spike. Yep. Um, cause he's fun. That is a philosophy that, uh, the Buffyverse writers hold on to frequently. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. All right. Take us out, Mr. Jason. All right. Thank you for joining us. On Booze and Buffy. We'll be back next week with Angel Season 1, Episode 18, 5 by 5 What do you think that could mean, Harrison? Squares! <laughs> <laughs> it's a math episode. <laughs> We've already had a math episode! 
I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. I also write a blog wherein I write a uh, write about a different horror movie every week. It's called horrorbyharrison.blogspot.com. Uh, this week I'm traveling to Japan uh, to cover the film Onibaba. Um, I've never wanted to watch that. I have never seen it before. I actually, I haven't even watched it yet. Uh, I'm probably going to watch it tomorrow. Um, yeah, we will see. I, Fun. <laughs> I, um, I, it's been a minute since I've uh, uh, watched a movie that's new to me for the blog. Um, I had a couple that were scheduled, but then I had to reschedule due to circumstances. So it's actually been the front half of this year. It's been really heavy with movies I've seen before. Mm-hmm. Um and the latter half is pretty heavy with movies I haven't. But, um, yeah, looking forward to it. I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yamij357 and on Twitter at just plain old yamij. And if uh, you're single and looking for love, uh, you can check out my dating service. Uh, it's made for people who enjoy musical theater. Looking for other people who enjoy musical theater. Just... Look in the app store for Avenue Cupid. That's pretty good. And there's the, the Avenue, Avenue Cupid poster right, right behind me. <laughs> uh, uh, you can find us, Booze and Buffy, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy. Uh, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out in all of those instances. Also, don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Each week, we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week, uh, I decided to stay close to home, and we're going to highlight the Louisville Youth Group. Louisville Youth Group creates br- a brave space for LGBTQIA youth and allies that promotes personal and community growth through relationship building, leadership development, and social justice activism. LYG is dedicated to, writing, to, to providing youth with skills and experiences designed to help them thrive as community leaders now and in the future. Uh, they write a counter-narrative to experiences of rejection and isolation. Visit www.louisvilleyouthgroup.org for more information. And uh, I actually have a friend, a close personal friend, that works with the Louisville Youth Group. And nice. everything that she uh, talks about um, the organization doing is... Uh, just wonderful yeah it's a it's a pretty incredible organization um i wish i'd known about it when i was a teenager um as i said i had a pretty smooth experience but um it still would have been really nice to have been involved in a a, you know an explicitly queer uh program for teenagers um but yeah uh with all of that said and this week when we say our closing more than we mean it this week Mm -hmm. more than ever Go slay. And be fucking gay. It's funny that this episode's coming out the week after Pride Month ends. Uh, you know, timing. <laughs> Goodbye. We love you.